Well, hello, dudes and ladies. This is Food of Work, and you are listening to Numbers on the Board with Bobby Carala and Jeff, quote, skin, unquote, Wait, Bump! Welcome to Numbers on the Board, brand new Mavs podcast where we are going to be talking Mavs basketball and having a little fun, too. I'm Bobby Carella from Mavs.com, and joining me today, you see him on TV, you hear him on 105.3 The Fan, you see him at the Bomb Factory and at music venues around this great <laughs> yeah. city. He is Jeff Skin Wade. Bobby, I'm excited about this. I'm excited that we got uh, a weekly podcast we're going to do. We're going to have guests. We're going to have a lot of fun. And uh, I'm excited to do it with you because I think that you are an essential follow for all Mav fans. Like you, uh, you know, me and Ben talk about this. We'll, you know, your, your tweets will pop up and it will give us an idea for a segment. And so I think Mav fans are going to have fun with this podcast because we like to have fun but they're also going to get some good inside Mavs information and some statistical analysis stuff and uh, I think we're going to I think we're going to make it happen big this year baby. Yeah, yeah, we're going to nerd out, we're going to have some fun. It's fun to it's fun to have fun while you're learning, you know, only while, a, you're talking, only, while you're talking hoops. Uh, only a basketball fan would say we're going to nerd out, we're going to have some fun. Yeah. I love that. That's uh, that's right up my alley. Yeah. Hey, so uh, we got a big guest coming up later in the show here in a few minutes. We're going to talk to Dennis Smith Jr., Mavs rookie point guard, and uh, I think it's safe to say one of the front runners for rookie of the year. Absolutely. So, uh, for people that don't know, Bobby grew up in the Maverick organization. Your mom worked for the Mavs for a number of years, yeah. uh, and your family goes way back to the days when I was a kid watching Maverick games with my dad. Me and my dad used to come to the games all the time, and so uh, you you know a lot about the organization and you know care about this organization and all those sorts of things. And so as knowing the organization as well as you do, this is the most important player we've drafted since Dirk. And when we drafted Dirk, we didn't know how important Dirk was gonna be. And so I don't want to get people too excited about Dennis Smith Jr., but he's a very important player in the history of our franchise. And if he stays healthy and progresses the way we think, we have a new cornerstone building block. It's really exciting. Yeah, and I mean, he's only the second teenager ever to play for the team, period. So he's already kind of making history. I was freaking out because he's way closer in age to my 7th grade 12-year-old daughter uh, than he is to Dirk. And I was like, (laughs) man, that's some really weird perspective Dirk was his age when Dennis was born. Right. I mean... Talk about a generational gap. Yeah, that's nuts. But yeah, he's already doing some awesome stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing what he has to say. Uh, in the meantime, right before we get to him, Skin, six games into this thing, the Mavs are only one in five, but they've, they've been right there in a couple different games. Um, that one win against Memphis, they, they did look pretty good in that game. That was mm-hmm. earlier this week. So what are your thoughts on the season so far? Um, and you know, maybe where this team can go, especially once they get healthy, but kind of what direction they're trending. Yeah, I think there's so much to work out for a lot of different reasons. One is trying to figure out how to use Noel with Dirk in the modern game, Um, try to figure out roles of these things. Also, you know, right in the middle of, hey, we're going to have a rookie point guard run these things. He misses two games with an injury very early on. So it's been a very disjointed beginning. And so as such, the record's not good. However, I see a lot of things, especially offensively, that I think, okay, this is going to be what we kind of expected. This is going to be a team that, once they get their, their feet underneath them, they'll be able to compete for one of these final playoff spots. You can't dig yourself in too big of a hole. We know what happened last year. Yeah. But I feel like they're very, very close to settling in and, and being a more effective team and, and being sort of what we expected them to be going into the season. Yeah, and um, because this team is so young, there are so many young guys on this team, it is really about, 
I think watching these guys, the strides that they take, it might not show up, I think, in the win-loss column right away, but it's more about process, I think. You know, what are some good things that they're doing? Like, for example, Harrison Barnes, not shooting great from the field so far, but he's shooting a ton of free throws. Right. He's starting to share the ball a little more, get yep. more assists. Dennis, at the end of that Memphis game, that last possession, yeah, I mean, he, he could have maybe found a pass or gone for two or whatever, but the point is he's on the floor learning in those in those situations. So I think it, it's going to be interesting really for the first time watching the Mavericks in 20 years, watching young guys kind of learn yep. uh, over the course of time. You know, for so long it's been about win, 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 but now it's about watching how they play, what they're doing, and kind of trying to project this into the future to see what they could be in a couple of years. Yeah, dude. I mean, for uh, those of us that have kiddos, you know, you put your kid on a bike, you don't start yelling at him if the bike wobbles. It's going to wobble. Yeah. You know, that's the way it's going to be, but you can see what it's going to be and that's pretty exhilarating and it hadn't been like that in a really long time so uh i think also you know if you were feeling bad about the way the game ended with dennis look at the way it ended the night before where he had uh, just a shot that he stepped into and he looked like a nine-year vet yeah just so effortlessly when he knocked down that three so uh you know there's going to be the bumps in the roads the growing pains but i i do like the direction this thing's going and i also think people don't realize how important seth curry is to this team and he hasn't been around yet so a lot of positivity. Yeah, he was playing with the starters throughout training camp. So, yep. uh, but he's already shooting now. Uh, hopefully, he'll be back soon. I believe we will get an update on his status um, at some point before the Mavs go on the road. But it could be once he gets back home. And it's kind of a week-to-week thing. So, hopefully, he's back soon and uh, they can really get rolling. Well, let's, but, let's get some Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, we've party. talked about him enough. Let's meet him. What do you think? Joining us on the Numbers on the Board podcast is Mavs rookie point guard Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis, thank you for joining sure. me today. Sure. So, I heard you say the other day. That you finally found a place to live. And that's something that I've always been wondering about with new guys coming in in Dallas, especially rookies. It's got to be kind of tough to sort of pack your life up and move to a new city for the first time. What has that process been like for you? Uh, you know, it took a lot of time. When I got here, I was probably staying at the hotel for maybe three weeks. You know, staying. I had everything packed, but it was just my first time moving into a, an apartment. Um, that process was kind of tedious, especially coming to the gym. You know, I didn't really have time to just set a day out where I can do everything in this day. So it, it was about a three-week process while I was in Dallas. But, um, I mean, I made the adjustment. I got moved in, so I'm, I'm settled right now. Okay, so when I was 19, there's no way I could live on my own. I was too I was too immature. So what yeah. is it just solo, Dennis, or do we have your dad there, your sister? What is this nah, like? I got, um, I got my big brother, Zay. Okay. I got Lee, and I got Kamal. They okay. all, was my, basically my big brothers growing up, so they stay with me. Okay, and they, they're taking good care of you, right? We, this is very important to we, us. We take care of each other. All right, I We like take that care answer. of each other. That's right. good. You found a good place to eat down here yet? Yeah, Papa Do's. Okay. I'll be I at the Papa Do's. You know, I'll be at Papa Do's. I hit Smash Burger, Moxie's, and it's this, um, it's this little ramen spot on McKinney. I can't remember the name of it, but I'll be there. More often than not, I be there. I go there more than any other spot. Ramen? Are you, yeah, yeah, dude? There's yeah. some good no, ramen yeah. spots in Dallas. It's one on McKinney. I'm gonna find the name of it. I figure the name out. I'm gonna okay. shout them out, showing some love because they're oh, nice. Good. I, I come like in, it. they know exactly what drinks to give me every time. Water and lemonade. All right. So, <laughs> that's I don't even gotta say nothing. Yeah, good customer service and good food is is what we're looking for here. That's key. Is uh, okay. So what do you get at Papa Do's? Crab legs. All right. You I ever, get the crab, a large king crab, and I get the fried alligator. You ever get out on any of that bisque? I ain't tried it. Oh, Got to have the bisque, good, man. man. I ain't tried it. All right. You had the alligator? Uh, I have. I mean, I've lived here forever, so I've had Papa Do's many times. Now, yeah. I don't get it regularly, but I have had the alligator. Is it well? It tastes like chicken. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. That yeah. It's, it's like chicken. He's right, though. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I stick to Bassman. I'm not very adventurous. We so, got to get Bobby out and get him to some of these good restaurants. Yeah. We can hit Papa Do's together. Yeah, let's do this. Hey, Papa Do's is great. Papa Do's is great. Okay, so we know you're a big hip-hop head. You're a big fan of um, uh, J. Cole. For sure. From Fayetteville, uh, like you in North Carolina. So... What else do you listen to? I mean, you, you say before games, for example, you listen to R&B to kind of get you into it. Yeah. Some guys, I imagine, listen to more upbeat stuff. But for you, what is it about the, maybe the more, kind of the more mellow, laid-back stuff that gets you ready to go? I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to explain to this. It get me in the zone. It helped lock me in. Uh, can calm me down a little bit. So, like, my R&B playlist is like... It's like a whole lot. Like I could show you, but Coach, he cleaning my phone screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> he got mad and my screen is dirty, so he's cleaning it. But I, I got showing him my phone screen. I Rick Carlisle is in there cleaning your phone? Yeah, he said he said it's driving him crazy, so he took my phone. <laughs> Rick's like a gadget nerd, right? Like he's he did like, it with my grandma. Like uh, <laughs> She had a bunch of apps on her phone. He's like, just let me clean this up for right, you. Right. Literally scrolling through like 13 pages. My little brother and little cousins adding apps on the phone, so... Uh, he got he got it right now, but it's a long list of R and B, hip hop. Um, I like I listen to a lot of hip hop too, so I just listen to a lot of music. Uh, you know, that could be J Cole, of course, um, Young Jeezy, Ti, Kendrick, J Rock, Styles P, J the Kiss. Like, okay. Like I listen to a lot of. I listen to a lot of guys with substance. You tweeted out a J the Kiss line the other day, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was a lot of reaction to that. Yeah. You know what? Actually, that was um, that was actually Styles P. He was featured in a song with Kiss. Oh, it was with Jada Kiss, right? You're talking about the Made a Lane for right. Lanes. Yeah, yeah, that right. was Styles. That was Styles. Is, uh, okay, so when you say R&B, like old classic R&B or new stuff or both? or Old, old R&B. Okay. I mean, the new ones, is, it's not as much like like chivalry in it. Like, it's it's too much flexing in the new R&B. Right, You know, right. it's, it's like downgrading women. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of women in my family, so... Uh, you know, I'm not really too much of a fan of new R&B, but old school. Um, We're talking like old, like I, Al talk, Green old? and I don't know too much Al Green. Like, I know it's one Aretha Franklin song I like. Okay. Um, Only one? I ain't listening to too much of it. Oh, okay. I ain't listening to too much I mean, much. it's kind of old. Yeah, know? it is. So it's, that's, that's a lot that's older old. for me. Yeah, right. that's pretty old. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, Keith Sweat. Okay. Uh, TLC, SWV, uh, Destiny's Child, they fire. Uh-huh. Um, Right up your alley, skin. Yeah, this is like so that's, you like that stuff came out when I was Who your age, like, right? You like, you like Destiny? Oh, of course, man. <laughs> of course. I feel you. It's like, uh, yeah, my arm be strong now. Okay, so this was real interesting to me. So you've got like a, it's like Dennis Smith Jr. fans on Twitter. Yeah. And this dude went in here and he made a playlist and it was based on stuff that he saw you either tweet about or talk about in interviews and it's right. a whole playlist. Yeah. Like that's I dope. subscribed to this. So it's, you like this playlist? It's dope. It's dope. Because you got like some classic hip hop, like early 90s type hip hop and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So is that kind of your main thing or is it more of the modern stuff? It's so modern now. Like hip hop not as dead as people think. I think R&B is closer to like not being as good as it used to be, but hip hop not as bad as people think it is. Right. But uh, I like a lot of old hip hop too. It was a lot of substance in that. This, I encourage everybody to find this. You know what? I'll tweet a link out to this later. This yeah, I mean, that, I, I, salute, I salute the guy that made it. Yeah. Um, you know, he he's... He's like a real diehard fan, yeah. you know, and I, I salute him. I, I appreciate it. You got a lot of those already down here. Yeah, I see. I see. <laughs> but he's really like, he be on his P's and Q's with yeah. it, though. Like, 
He, he, he studies at the altar of Dennis Smith Jr., right? <laughs> he, he had a picture of me and my um, me and my cousin walking down the aisle at my uncle's wedding. I seen I was like, man, oh, wow. he be he get to it. That's it's actually, big, I think big that's big. called a stalker, I think. Yeah, no, nah, I ain't going to call him that. Uh, I, salute, okay. I, salute, I salute that man. No, he's a good him. man. I've, I've talked to him on Twitter before. He is a good man. Yeah, I, he's nice. I, I salute him. Yeah, well, so, I mean, other than, I guess, fans on Twitter – uh, just being around Dallas, what? How have you? How have you liked it so far? The people. I mean, people seem to recognize you. You know, you're now that you're playing games and, and making highlight plays and stuff. What is the What has the city been like to you so far? It's been really good. It's been really good. I got every everywhere I go is somebody showing me some kind of love. Um, you know, I'm always appreciative of that. It was one point when ain't nobody cared who I was. So, uh, you know, I'm taking it all in, man. Dallas has received me pretty well, and vice versa. I went to a hundred trail. Um, Last night, while I'm in line with a dude, he like, hey, Dennis Smith, like, let me get a pick. Him and, like, five other dudes at a haunted trail trying to get a pick with me while we in the trail. And I was like, Like one of those hay Nah, it was, um, man, it was weak, man. It was, it was something oh, no. weak, man. I was upset. I ain't going to lie to you. I was upset. Come on. Are you, do you like, uh, so what does it take to scare you? Like, what's going to really freak you out? Um, I don't know. Not, what what I went to definitely wasn't it. It was uh, I went to Cutting Edge, and um, it was said to be the fourth best in the state. But I know back home it's a lot of woods. You know it's out in the country, so we'll go out to the country haunted trail. Um, I guess really that environment is what it is. It's uh, real suspenseful. This when they bumping music the whole time like it was a club or something. So okay, you know that just ain't cut it for me. Right, right, right. Yeah. All right. So if you don't mind, let's shift gears to basketball real quick. Let's do it. So. In this 2017 NBA draft, you guys are going to be linked together. You and Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, Frank Nilakina, um, De'Aaron. De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell, who was drafted behind you. There's six point guards who are all, I mean, really high hopes, high expectations for all these guys. I know you're close with Markel, for example. Yeah. But how much attention do you pay to these guys? I mean, fans are obviously going to always be looking at your numbers versus Lonzo's or versus Markel's, but how much... How much friendly competition is there between those guys, and how much are you kind of watching what they're doing? To be honest with you, um, prior to the – actually, post-draft, prior to training camp or summer league, I would tell you, like, yeah, um, you know, I'm going to watch those guys and see what they're doing. I mean, the season's so busy, I haven't really been watching none of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I ain't been checking none of their numbers. I talked to Kel. I just talked to Kel today, you know, uh, just making sure he's good with his injury and things of that nature. But – uh and I talked to Zoe, too. But other than that, you know, I, just, I mind my business. I do what I'm supposed to do for Dallas. And that, that's all I'm really focused on. Everybody's going to compare us, though. You know, just like uh, CP3 and D-Will, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's bound to happen, but I can't really focus too much on that. Can you believe the regular season has only been a week and a half long? I mean, think about Isn't that right? It's a lot of games. It's yeah. a lot of games in a short. Yeah, it's been 10 days. 10 days. You guys have already played, what, five games? Yeah. This is your sixth game tonight. Has that sunk in yet about how fast this thing actually goes, man? We only played five? Six. Seven, yeah, we played six, six games. Seven seven, game. Yeah, six, six games a night, yeah. In ten days? Yeah. That's brutal. You play what? <laughs> I mean, in college you were like two or three, right? I mean, you move so much slower in college. Something like that, something like that. But in college I would be itching to get another game going. Mm-hmm. And now I just, I mean, the transition is crazy. Mm-hmm. What what is what is the biggest transition? I mean, there's a lot of things that go into this, yeah. right? But just think back to your first, you know, couple weeks of ACC basketball. What is the biggest shift? Whether it's on the court, off the court, anything. Um, I would say the biggest change is probably how you got to prepare mentally. 
because it's so like you got to pack your bags and bring them to the game that night. Just like we played Memphis the other night. Got to bring our bags to the gym because we flying to Memphis the very next day. Then we come back, get one day break, and we got Philly, and then we getting ready to go out to um, Utah and L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, just preparing for all of that is different. It's something you've never done before, you, AAU I'm, or college. Do you have one of your one of your peoples that you live with you? Do they help you get organized on that? You're gonna need that. I'm telling you, man. Uh, Dirk had folks doing it for yeah. him when he was 19. Yeah, he did. For real? Yeah. yeah. Nah, I ain't got that yet. Okay. That. Ask you Dirk to tell you his secrets, man. Yeah. I will. There's a wealth of knowledge over there in that big German brain. Yeah, yeah. I'll ask him. I'll ask him. I'll get something from him. Yeah, what about on the floor? You always say, this is a learning experience. You're going to go full speed ahead. Mm-hmm. There have been times where you've done insane stuff, late in the shot clock, hitting threes and driving the lane and kind of faking guys out of their shoes. There have been times like in Memphis the other night where at the end of the game it was it could have gone either way and it just didn't happen for you guys. Yeah. How much are you learning I mean, it, it's just game, 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 game. It's moving so quick. So how much are you learning so far? How much are you able to process? Um, I got a lot of things coming at me. So, I mean, whether it's coming from the training staff or the weight the weight guy, the strength coach, or the head coach or an assistant coach, I got a lot of things I got to process. So, you know, I try to, I try to take everything in and, and be receptive to everything. It's not really easy. Um, and then I got to play basketball, too, you know. Basketball is something I've been doing my whole life, but it's a lot of adjustments I got to make. Um, it's, it's a tough task. It's it's definitely a tough task, but, I mean, that's what I wanted. I wanted to come in and and, and feel like I need to be here and it, it's things that I have to do. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm accepting of everything. So I think I'll be able to learn just off the strength of that, that I'm accepting it and I'm willing to take that challenge. What is it like to go back and watch game situations so far? Like if you were to go back, you've probably gone back and watched the end of the second Memphis game, I would assume. Yeah, yeah for sure. So as you're watching that, what are you, what are you looking for? What are you, what are you feeling and thinking as you're watching the end of that game? Um, I looked and noticed clock, and I had a lot more time than what I had thought. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was actually a lot of time that I had wasted. Like I, I tricked off a lot of the time. Instead of just going for two, because as a fan, I'm, I watched the uh, the Warriors and Cavs series whenever the Cavs won, and it was late clock and Steph had the ball and he was um, dancing around the perimeter. Right. They were like, "We'll give you the layup," but he's trying to get the three. Right. Instead of just getting the two and then playing the foul game, you know. So as a fan, I'm like, "Man, why he ain't just do this?" But then when you actually get in the game, it's not as it's easy totally as you think. You know what I'm saying? We were we were talking about that earlier. He and I were. Yeah. And yeah. it's like what you watch and what you see, and then what happens when you actually are in that situation, and what's it's different. Different. Way different. And 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 the feel for time. Right. Right. And like I said, what we ten days into the regular season, going into the seventh game, so I got a lot to learn. Oh, I ain't yeah. played a full season yet. Yeah, well, it's gonna the games are gonna keep coming, man. <laughs> you ain't gotta tell on me. The road and it's crazy. Yeah, I know. Well, if there's uh, something that, like, you know, math fans watching this and there's, like, something that they need to know about Dennis Smith Jr., what's the one thing you want them to know about you as a player? Shoot, man. I'm all about winning. I'm all about winning. I mean, that's that's what it all boiled down to, you know, bad game, good game. As long as we win, I'm content. And uh, uh, that's the main goal. Everybody asking me, like, what's my expectations? Do I want to win rookie of the year or I want to do this, lead in this. I mean, that stuff is cool. I ain't going to sit here and act like I don't want to win rookie of the year. But my main thing is I I want to make the playoffs. And I think if I do that, help my team make the playoffs, everything else take care of itself. 
well, man, no pressure, but I want you to win Rookie of the Year. I want you to make the playoffs and all those things. So I can for want sure. those things for you. Is that cool? That's cool. Yeah, a lot of people that want you to win Rookie of the Year, too. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Now, go get your phone. Yeah, yeah go I, get I gotta get that. I gotta all get right, that. Dennis Smith Jr., thank you for joining Numbers on the Board podcast. Appreciate sure. it. Appreciate y'all. Skin, that was some great stuff with Dennis. The thing about him that really stands out to me so far, he's only 19 years old, but he talks, sometimes you listen to him and you, he, he talks like a 30-year-old. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so composed, he has so much poise. It's like he expects all this to happen. He's just so casual about everything, and that's really refreshing to me. Yeah. You know, it's not seeing a young guy kind of become overwhelmed by all the bright lights. He's very comfortable with who he is, and as you were saying, I agree with everything you're saying. And as you're saying that, I immediately thought about his exchange with Draymond Green, uh, which I loved. Because he knows that he belongs. And Draymond knows that he belongs. And I think that's why Draymond was doing what Draymond was doing. Yeah, he got in his face a little bit. Yeah, I think there's a level of respect there. Uh, And dude, I mean, you know, we've talked about this. Dennis Smith Jr. already has a relationship with the Currys. Did you see Mike Conley the way he after the game? Yeah, and up? what he said about him too. I mean, he's he's sort of you know dabbing him up, but also really complimenting him. The, the people in the league know he's going to be a player, and so. But you're right, the way he carries himself, and uh, I like his uh, I like his attitude. I like his swagger, but I wouldn't say he's like cocky or annoying in that way. Like there, he he knows he's good. He believes in himself, but it, to me, it doesn't come off like a punk. I, I I'm really impressed with him. Yeah, well, and obviously having Rick uh, yeah. in his corner in the locker room, kind of, I'm I'm sure that Rick keeps right. him grounded. Rick's cleaning bit. his uh, devices. Yeah, when, actually, uh, you know, maybe Rick needs to coach him a little harder. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> That's Man. great. Yeah, okay. So now let's move on to uh, think of it as like a stat of the week. It's just a number that I'm going to present okay. to you, Skin. Yep. And uh, I just want to hear what you have to think about it. Kind of. Uh, reflecting on the week that was, looking ahead to, I guess, the rest of the season that will be, but uh, these next few games. So for me, the big buzzword that Carlisle kept bringing up throughout training camp was pace. Mm -hmm. It was all about pace, pushing the tempo. Last year, the Mavs were one of the slowest teams in the NBA. Normally, they're closer to the middle of the pack. And by that, I'm talking about possessions. So pace is the number of possessions that you play per 48 minutes. Mm -hmm. So the Mavericks last year were around 94, 95. This year, they want to get closer to maybe 98, closer to 100. Uh, the fastest teams are well over 100. So, uh, my stat of the week, the Mavs track this thing called pace 21, which basically, when do you get the ball across half court? Can you get it across half court in three seconds or less, or does it take you four seconds or longer? And why do they track this? Well, there is a pretty serious split in uh, offensive efficiency, so how well you score, depending on whether or not they can get the ball across half court in three seconds or less. When they do, this season so far, they're scoring 1.11 points per possession, which is basically you would lead the league. That's, That's great. Golden State Warriors clip right. of offense for those who, who don't really keep track of this stuff. Whenever they do not, so whenever it's 20 seconds or less on the shot clock when they get the ball across half court, they score 0.91 hmm. points per possession, which would rank last in the league. And it's so significant. It's so it's it's point two points yeah. over the course of a whole game. I mean right. that's a that's a ton of points. Right. And I think you know for people going well wait I don't understand just take that number that pace number for the number of possessions you have and then yep. go ahead and multiply it times your points per possession and you can see the the difference. Yeah. So that's point two points. There's a hundred possessions in a game. That's yep. twenty points. Right. I mean that's that's a lot of points. And and so you know we're talking about what one second differential here yep. of a twenty four second shot clock. And someone's going, I don't understand why that means anything. I think one way I could put it 
you know, is the uniqueness of the play against Memphis where Harrison Barnes hit the three because Dennis Smith Jr. kind of fumbled the ball when he was racing across midcourt. The Mavericks were trying to create momentum. Mm -hmm. They were trying to create like a faux transition type situation where if anybody watches the Greek Freak play, for example, the Greek Freak gets a defensive rebound and dribbles all throughout the court until he gets right to the rim and then shoots a layup. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, you always hear people talk about building a wall uh, defensively in transition. How do we stop a Russell Westbrook? Uh, When you have a player that can push and get momentum going quickly, he can get all the way to the rim, which is the goal of basketball. Why is that the goal? You either shoot a layup or the defense collapses and you kick it out for a three-pointer. That's really what teams are trying to do offensively. And one of the ways to do that, increase the tempo, increase the momentum, increase that pace, even within a possession, so that teams can't get set up into their half-court defense, can't build a wall and do some of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, teams get really good in their half-court defensive sets, especially like a Golden State Warriors or a Spurs. That's why scoring tends to go down in the playoffs. Teams di- dial in on what another team can do, and they shut it off. So when you gave me that stat, uh, and we're talking about it, I was like, this is so amazing. It's one second but it really proves the difference in trying to create the pace and what that actually does for a team. It's from being the, the best offense to the worst offense. It's literally amazing. is what one we're talking second. about. Yeah, one second is all it takes. But, I mean, think about it. How can you make up those seconds? Let's say it's against the Warriors. Steph Curry misses a three. Harrison Barnes gets the rebound. Mm-hmm. Well, in years past, especially last year, you'd grab the rebound, look for the point guard, kick it to him, and then everyone jogs up the court. You got right. a center that's running down. You got Dirk who's jogging down. Everyone is just kind of moseying their way into the offense, and their five defenders beat your five offensive guys. This year, whoever gets the rebound, basically, unless you're a center, you're Push. going. Push. Yeah, so Barnes, if you get the rebound, go. Wes, yep. go. Shooting guards, go. And I just think fans go. have probably noticed that pretty early in these yeah. games. Yeah. Because Harrison will be bringing the ball up. And Dennis is like eight feet away from him to his left, and he's not advancing it to Dennis. He's advancing it yeah, himself. He's just it. And the other thing, too, is like when you have a bigger player push the ball, a lot of times you'll create cross matches because other bigger players aren't used to coming and stopping ball pressure on the perimeter. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great point you're making. Well, and even if, so let's say Barnes is playing power forward. Against the Warriors, there was one play that really stood out. KD was guarding Barnes as Barnes was pushing it up the floor in transition. Katie was flat-footed, just backing up. Barnes has a full head of steam, and he's just running. There's no one else around to help KD because mm-hmm. it's that play happens so fast. So Barnes, who is getting better at you know with handling the ball and attacking the basket, but he just cro- all it took was one crossover. And yep. He got to the rim and laid it in because Katie had no help. He had no momentum. Barnes had all the momentum, like you were talking about earlier. And yeah. It was just easy points. And then think about too in transition. You talk about no help. Usually in transition, you know they always tell you to see your man and see the ball. But if you're running back in transition, you're probably trying to fa- find your man, and you probably don't know where the ball is immediately. Yeah. So the more you push, the more you you know Rick would talk about the word force. The more you force the issue, the more you catch them in defensive mistakes, and you can possibly exploit it. Yeah, and even if it's not a quick bucket. You can still get into your offense. Maybe you have a mismatch in the post that you can right. dump it down to. Yep. Maybe the the defense is scrambling because you don't, you know, they couldn't hear the play call, so they're trying to figure out what's going on. Like, there's all sorts of things. There's all sorts of havoc that you can cause just by pushing it up the court further. So I would implore you, if you're watching the game at home or in the arena or wherever, kind of glance up at the shot clock and see when they get the ball across because odds are, if it's within three seconds or less, they're going to score. And if they don't, they're, they're going to have their work cut out for them. Bobby, I'd say that's a successful first podcast, my man. Hey. 
Huh? It was fun. Huh? It was fun. We're it's doing stuff to, over here. Rookie of the year and yeah. uh, dang radio professional with me. It's uh, it's a good time. Don't overrate my professionalism. Oh, uh, but dude, that was that was awesome, and uh, we'll be bringing you another one next week. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thank you for listening. Numbers on the boards with Jeff Skinwade and Bobby Corrala. 